Good morning. Good morning, coffee moaners. How are you all this morning? Sorry we were a bit late. I was just watching my dear friend, Tits, or Helen Addis, as she's known in the professional world, (laughs) on the (laughs) rain. I don't know if you're allowed to say the word Tits. Oh. (laughs) Really? I don't know. Someone somewhere (laughs) might think it's a swear. How is everyone? Yay. If you're listening, welcome to podcast. Uh, welcome to Coffee Moaning. Welcome to podcasts, even if you're listening. Um, we have quite a healthy listenership actually over there. It's really nice. Morning, Joni. Hope you're well. Morning, Teddy. Uh, morning, Sinead. Uh, hi, Good Ship Lollipop. Um, and hello to Claire Ross Reed. I just saw your name flying up. And if you're listening and you're wondering who, who are all these people, they're people on our live chat that are flying up the screen as we speak. I suppose it makes most sense for you to explain right at the beginning what, why we were late. I think yeah. Well, <clears throat> my friend Tits. <laughs> <laughs> what Kiki, is her actual name? Kiki said to me, I say, I didn't know her name was Helen. And I said, Yeah, we're the only people that call her that. Now, she's the real titty gritty, uh, the titty gritty, sorry, on Instagram. And I met her along with Hannah, who you or loads of you know, Real House of Hannah, and Kaz Dance Your Tits Off on Instagram. Um, Just quickly, uh, on, on Friday, you will probably all best know Tits or Helen for her ability to stand up from a crossed-legged sit. Oh my god! So easily, she must be aged six. Yes, she is quite extraordinary. Age six, but had very aggressive, mm. nasty breast cancer five years ago. Uh, she's five years clear now, mm-hmm. and I met her even though I'd met her house before her because I filmed in her house. Oh, right, yeah. Because when I was cooking on The Lorraine Show, she's the features editor on The Lorraine Show, which basically means the features editor comes up with all the sort of the big ideas. Yeah. Anyway, so she she and I were she's working... She's basically Lorraine. <laughs> no, no, no. no I'm she she um She's been working in ITV. We'd been working together for years in ITV, but had never actually become friends, became incredibly close on our breast cancer, the trek that we did for Copperfield. Um, she was totally extraordinary. She'd just come out of chemotherapy and she was helping me up the Himalayas. She's the most extraordinary person. Just, she's the kind of woman that, that lights up a room. Lots of you will have seen my, the vlog and Instagram post that I did about her five years mm-hmm. um, clear and birthday party where um, Lee was the warm-up, was the compare, lots of funny stuff went out. Anyway, ever since she's had breast cancer, she, she, she's she been amazing online. She Lots of people follow her on Instagram because of her incredibly positive way that she's dealt with all of her treatment, which was very, very tough. I think, I mean, I'm speaking for here, but I think a lot of the way that she presented all of it was because she had three young children when she was diagnosed. Mm. I mean, absolutely terrifying. You know, she was young. Mm. She's young. And um, and she found her lump um, just in the bath one day. She found a lump, went to the doctor. By the time she went back to the doctor, she had three lumps. So she had a very aggressive form of breast cancer. And... That, of course, um, has fueled all the extraordinary work that she's done ever since. Mm. <clears throat> I think if I'd been tits with three children, a full-time job, and aggressive breast cancer, I probably wouldn't have done anything for anybody mm. else. But she has. And she has come up with so many brilliant ideas, very first being Change and Check, which many of you will have seen 
the little cards that are put in all the um, changing rooms, dressing rooms, um, with this, you know, change and check, or really clear graphic on exactly how to. I'm all right, I'm thinking they've also been placed in some gentlemen's toilets too. Have they for men? Oh, yes, probably, mm, yeah, because, mm. of course, there are some in that get breast cancer. Anyway. She has got lots of certificates, Claire LC, badges. <laughs> so many lives have been saved mm. by that Change and Check campaign that the Lorraine Show has been doing. And every year she does something incredible. I mean, we were just watching a clip there of her mm. name being mentioned in Parliament, got postage, um, what's it called, the watermark, the yeah. Change and Check. Yeah, yeah. She did the balloon thing last year. She's she every year it's something really inventive, mm. and this year she is doing a, she put together a choir called Golden the Choir is called Golden. And it's twenty women, all under the age of the breast screening age, that found their lumps due. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always get emotional when I talk about piece of gold. Um, she <laughs> have all found the lumps through this change and check. I do, just watching you on the telly there, I was just crying because mm. I just feel so proud of it. And all the money that is... Anyway, so they have done this amazing single and they've just heard now, alive on Lorraine, that they're going to be performing it at the Palladium. Now, Tonight. remember, these are just 20 women that have had breast cancer. They are not singers. And um, all the money is going to research for secondary breast cancer. Now, you know our dear friend... Hannah, who lots of you follow, who is so young, you know, and she has secondary breast cancer. Dave. Hmm. <laughs> um, and she's on a trial at the moment and she has a young child and she has a two-year-old and she wants to bloody stay alive for her baby girl. And, you know, there are so many great trials on at the moment. There's so much research, but... There needs to be done so much more to be done for secondary breast cancer. Um, And so all the money raised is going towards secondary breast cancer. So we're going to put the link um, for the single under here. And it would be just so amazing, even if you can't buy it, if you just share, you follow um, at uh, the Titty Gritty on Instagram and Lorraine, and you just support the campaign because there's very, very few of us that won't be touched in some way mm. by breast cancer. And, um, you know... Ellery Jones, my cousin's just been diagnosed with yeah. a variant, in fact. God, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Another one that needs so much yeah. um, highlighting. Um, but, yeah, you know, and, and Tits and Hannah and, and, and Kaz lost their friend Nick Naklu, who we spoke about the other day on here to secondary mm. breast cancer. And as we say, we have... Um, Lizzie fighting secondary breast cancer and our friend Hannah. So it's very, very meaningful to us as a group of friends. And I'm so damn proud of Tits and of the choir and of the Lorraine show for just keeping this yeah, up and out, these up We've got some photos. So I had some lovely photos. So this was, this is her energy. You know, she was having really intense chemo treatment, but she just, she just lights a room, you know. There's Lizzie and Hannah, both my friend, my friends that are both dealing with secondary breast cancer at the moment. Um, there she is on the day that she'd recorded the single. So excited! <laughs> that was the balloon. I think the balloon was last year. Uh, and this is this is the. Um, you'll see this everywhere. I mean, I bought some bras the other day, and it one of those wow. arrived in the box. She's a powerhouse. This was Hannah's. Um, birthday party that we had a few weeks ago. Oh. 
and look at the look at the energy there. You wouldn't believe that. Look at <laughs> those cars, you know, cars. skipper, <laughs> skipper cars. Uh, for those on podcast, we're just looking at some photos. There's the change in check. Um, there's us because Tits always leaves early from any event, any get together, because she's always got some event that yeah. she's playing. Yeah. So we always do a funny photo about where's Tits. Um, and there's all of us very very dear 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 friends and out of the most horrific thing which uh, there's michelle that we talked oh, about oh there's our lovely michelle um you know kaz always says this friendship came out of something that was just so awful and it's a very meaningful one and yeah thanks girls bravo so the call to action is do go to uh helen addis's tits's uh titty gritty is it on instagram yeah we'll pop a link underneath here too i think they're wanting to drive traffic to the website because not everyone is on spotify and okay. then from there you can choose the platform apart some people will be going apple music i think you might be able to download it direct from the website too, yeah so. you can go to the lorraine website and, and please just share about it it would god i mean I cannot even imagine how incredible this will be for Titty Gritty if this yeah, if this does well. This this amazing, single. amazing, amazing. Number one amazing. for Christmas. That's what I want. And she's beautiful too. <laughs> Inside you know and out. I mean? yeah, yeah, just quite something. Okay, so Monday morning, guys. Um, we've got quite a few sort of bits and bobs here to talk about. Um, the first one is: uh, What do you make everyone of this? Chris Carver shooting. If I pronounced that correctly, I think it's Chris Carver. Chris Carver. Carver. Um, and yeah, I remember it. Well, it happens locally, and mm. I think we were here, and I think we remember the kind of you know when 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 a huge kind of operation or incident like that happens in any part of London, it kind of the ripple effect shuts off all the streets. Yeah. The neighbourhood hears. The helicopters, helicopters go up, uh, and I think we were very much aware of this when when it actually happened. And this is the case of a, a young black man who was shot at close range in his car in a in a car in Streatham um the rationale behind why they even pulled the car over was I believe the car was identified as being involved in a previous crime or incident that involved weapons and so we don't know the exact details of what's what happened but Chris Carver was shot at close close range uh, um, with one bullet and was killed um, by an armed officer, and that armed officer, the Crown Prosecution Service, has said that there's enough evidence to charge that uh, armed officer with murder. Um, in response to that, not all, but many, I think a couple of hundred perhaps now, is it, of two and a half, we have two and a half thousand armed police in the UK at any time. Uh, and something like last night, it was about 100, 150. Uh, a number of them are considering handing in their weapons and downing tools, essentially. So it's like a strike. It's like a strike because they are, their argument, I believe, is that they want there to be more legal protection of them having to do uh, an, 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 an enact an incredibly dangerous job. And tricky job as well. I'm just going to sort of come from the perspective of being an armed policeman. I guess you're responding to incredibly fast-moving instantaneous uh, issues and situations that you're having to make sort of, you know, incredibly rapid response decisions about. That's a given. That must be the case with nearly all armed kind of, you know, uh, incidents, uh, you know, armed police incidents. But if, you know, the Crown Prosecution Service feel, having looked at the evidence, that there is enough evidence here to suggest that the, uh, that the officer in question should be charged. Um, but of course, this is Imagine a big, this is a big issue. Imagine how Chris family are feeling today. Mm. That it would have, this would be incredibly 
important for them because, of course, that's how they that's what they feel happened. Um, we don't know at this point, do we, why this would he would be charged with murder rather than manslaughter? No, we don't know any of those details. And what would be the defining line in something like this when it is actually within somebody's job to carry a gun and you know and sanction to use it if felt necessary? So. Um, we will we will have to wait and see, but it's quite something because the police aren't allowed to strike, are they? So this is, in effect, a, a kind of strike, isn't it? I think I think what I think this this whole topic is shrouded in. I forget the name of the case. Uh, was it a couple of years ago? There was a case where wasn't there a sort of uh, a gang land sort of shooting where the guy who was shot dead had thrown a gun over a, over a fence? Do you remember? Mm. There was a huge. Mm. Um, I mean, we don't know what happened here. You know, you don't know whether if this car had been involved with a weaponed um, crime before and uh, whether, you know, Chris Carver had, say, reached for the glove compartment or something like that, a quick decision was made. I think, I think again, as I say, I think MeTube indicates this. You know, a lot of these allowances, there's already quite a high standard or high threshold that has to be met. Look, the existing process already takes into consideration all of these protections. See, when I saw this story, I read it more as if the Crown Prosecution Service is saying this, there must be really, really compelling evidence that that, that something happened here that none of us that necessarily... That needs to be questioned. Yeah, 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 that needs to be looked into. I mean, I'd have thought, if anything, they're going to come, they're going to fall sort of more, not more favourably, but they're going to, there's going to be all sorts of kind of aspects to protecting the ability of other armed officers to not feel vulnerable. But that's why so really many of them are... It's scary, isn't it, to be an armed officer? Oh, my God. It's, it's I mean, to, parking this case to one... decisions. Pass, parking this case to one side, mm. the thought that you could... I mean, they are highly trained. I mean, they really are. Mm. And there's there's fewer and fewer of them every year. People aren't signing up for this. Just this. clarify, Baron McNally, I'm not saying it is a strike. I'm trying to use it as a kind of example, yes. an analogy, a metaphor. It, it certainly isn't a strike. No. I mean, you know, and I saw a really interesting interview with a, a former armed officer who said, you know, it's really important that what doesn't get conflated here is that number of officers who are, set in a sense, in a sense, downing tools, if you like, don't get caught up in a sort of necessarily a race route because of course there's a huge race aspect to this um in terms of if he is if if there is enough evidence that he could be charged for murder then what assumptions and what sort of you know privileges and um decisions have been made by the officer in question or the officers in question you know so i i don't know i mean I think it's very infrequent that you get cases where armed officers do appear to be charged. So I wonder, is that in and of itself not proof that there's quite strong, robust processes? The interesting thing is the head of the Met, Met Police, Mark Ro Rowley, uh, is, is supporting there being more legal protection of armed officers. Suella Braverman is also backing, you know, the the armed policeman. And, and in response to this, the, there's talk of the government having to bring in the army. Well, she's not backing not him, backing, is she's, she? She's backing No, she's not the backing idea. him. She's supporting the idea of armed officers having more legal protection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, we don't know the full story yet, but it is it, 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 it felt like quite a big thing last night on the news that these, because we know that we're very short on armed officers. I was amazed by how we few really we have, are. two and a half thousand. Well, and this this policeman on the radio today was saying just people aren't applying mm. it, it, it's I mean very small numbers mm. and I wonder if that is something to do with this you know mm. just how scary it is mm. 
Um, but yes, we will be finding out more over the months, won't we? Absolutely. So, um, so when you see those stories, it's 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 a curious one. When you see the army being brought in because our armed police are down in tools, quite something. But as this police officer was saying today, the army can sort of like they they can't go into say there was a riot, they wouldn't be able to go into that situation. Mm. They're trained to to go and and to kill. In in a, in a war zone, it's not the same thing at all. So yeah, they, they need to move. They need to move fast. Yeah, the government. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now it's like an enormous advert for. I, I, I'd have thought Downing Street doesn't feel as as, as safe as it did before. Mm. Or or someone just said uh, Blue Cross Shopping Centre. Apparently they have they have them there. Do they? Um, yeah, it's it's kind of funny the places you get them in. Um, Okay. Yeah, but like you said today, most other European countries, you do see a mix of army and yeah. police, don't you? Yeah, Everywhere. Yeah, okay. So, uh, he said, you know, it will be all right in the yeah. in the in Parliament and everything will be fine. But it's more like out in the cities if something kicks off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Molly twenty six rose. Let's just show this. Barabman has potentially already put the live investigation in jeopardy because she's commented on it, despite being a trained lawyer. Utterly unbelievable. Really, really. really? God, I hadn't thought of that. Because even you just there saying, just, just wow. sort of making that misspoke, yeah, misspoke yeah, 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 that yeah. she's supporting him. Yeah. She's not. She's supporting yeah. the idea of, but yeah, yeah. wow. No water, sorry. Well, I don't. Do we rate her? Yeah. That time she's put her foot in. Armed officers shouldn't have more legal protections than anyone else. Mistakes are made, but they should still be subject. Oh, I totally, I totally mm. agree. Totally agree. I mean, in many regards, I think what you said, Meechub, is quite important. They're, they're already held to, I think, a much higher standard and higher, higher sort of regard. I mean, let's face it, you know, there's going to be bad decisions made by even one or two. And when I say bad, I mean potentially bad decisions made for all the wrong reasons by armed officers, aren't they? I mean, we, I but mean, that's, that's, what I, that's what I'm really interested to find out. What takes that mm. a bad decision would be manslaughter? What takes it to murder? If there was, I would imagine, I mean, this is just pure speculation. No pure idea. speculation. Yeah. I would imagine that the proof that the only evidence they had of anything threatening from him was the car's history and that he did absolutely nothing, nothing. threatening. That's what you imagine it would be. Yeah. That's that's my sense of it. Because a car could have changed hands. And he might have had He's, no knowledge yeah. of what that car was up to before. God. Which, if you parent, my God. It's family today. Wow. Okay, this story really sort of sent a chill down everyone's oh, spines, this I think. Is horrible last this is a, night watching this. On yeah, the news. this is a story in Spain, uh, a Spanish town of Almendralejo. How do you pronounce that? Al Almendralejo. Almendralejo. Almendralejo, I think. Um, this is AI generated naked child images of uh, young kids, young women, girls between the ages of 11 and 17. 20 girls in this town. Yeah, more, more than 20 girls. More than 20 now. So, oh, yeah, more than 20 girls have come forward as being the victims of AI-generated naked images of them in which uh, they believe, I think, don't they, there's a couple of boys that have been responsible for it, a couple of youngsters. Yeah, they're questioning two young boys yeah. at the moment. They've um, taken normal photographs from their social media and then they've from essentially... The school. Yeah, from the school. Through AI, they've then kind of constructed semi-pornographic, pornographic nude images, which has caused total, total distress. Parents of 28 girls, girl, girls have had to form a support home, group. This girl comes home and says to her mum, there's photos of me circulating topless. I had to ask if she'd taken any photos of herself nude. Just her having to ask her daughter that. No, mum, these are fake photos of girls that have been created. 
da, da, da. Now, there was lots of um, different mums, weren't there, yesterday on the news. Talking, I think there was one woman, she said she had, her daughter was eight or nine. Mm. And she said she's totally traumatised by mm. it because she's got this naked body and we don't know what, but some kind of pornographic action. And it's totally devastated this child. Well, it will. That, that I mean, that will uh, that will affect her yeah. for years to come, yeah. if not forever. It's Dali AI. Uh, that, that must be the app. Is it? It's a particular app. YouTube oh says it's God. open source and available oh to anyone. Oh my God! See, this, this kind of reminded me of that awful show that you, you mentioned, which was was it AI Love or uh, what's it called? Fake they, Love. A deep, fake, deep, deep fake, fake love, love or whatever it is. I mean, if you normalise or even trivialise, which I think a show like that does, the ability to mm. do this, it kind mm. of normalises it as a bit of a skit, a bit of a joke. You can a see a how young boys as well. These young boys that have done this might not necessarily be evil little buggers. Mm. They might be naughty little boys who in the old days would have run around like you did with a with the page three torn out of the... But it's because this is available to children, mm-hmm. and and because they're getting they're getting so desensitized by everything, it, it, it's oh, it's so You're right. I mean, this also yeah, this also creates me too. this creates countless complications legally as well. Because I was thinking, you know, this whole idea. I don't know if anyone saw that thing, that meme, or that film that was kind of going viral about a part a father whose daughter had been lured into sending a, a photographs of herself in America. I think it was in Texas. Um, to some guy, I think his daughter was thirteen. He called the police. The police came to the door, and there was mm. footage of them saying, "Your daughter yeah, will be, you a- about this the other yeah, day. your daughter will be arrested for creating, creating, creating pornography." Porno- said, but a, a man, a fifty-year-old man, got her to send the photos. But imagine now we're in a situation where you can create AI, AI images of kids, and it looks like, and even parents are now having to ask the kids, "Did you send this photo?" We are in a situation where the legalities of who's created this, these photos, who's mm. responsible for creating this, mm. this, this porn, is going to become so sort oh of God. difficult to manage. Or, and we, we kind of wanted to t- touch upon this other thing, which was VR porn and this idea of something called the phantom touch, which just, hit, I mean, that stuck with me as a kind of concept, as it's most hideous. Tech and this kind of pr- pr- promoting or, you know, ability to kind of share this kind of totally faked imagery. And these little girls having to convince people that it's not them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much more can we take as women? Mm. How much more can we actually take that this is now a possibility as well Mm. with our children, with our... Our little girls. I mean, it's Celeste McDonald. And these these photos are just taken off social media. You know, mm. their their heads are just mm. taken off social media. Which again, I mean, yesterday the law finally went through, didn't it, on mm. on making tech companies more responsible mm. for actually finding a way because they all have these age restrictions, but. Nobody sticks to them. But also we're in a situation now where we have social media. Let's not forget, what is Snap designed to do? Snap is designed yeah. to share stuff that then disappears after a while. I mean, even even um, IG stories disappear after a while. Yes, there's a footprint and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of this stuff isn't necessarily shared on social media. So it's not even a case of being able to kind of charge at the social media tech giants. A lot of this stuff is shared by messaging amongst groups yeah. and amongst peer groups. And that's where it sits 
hidden behind even the ability of social media giants to kind of do stuff. Just on this note, Celeste L. McDonald, this world, AI world is fast becoming really scary. I can't remember the name of the person, but some AI guru, someone who's very much at the head of kind of AI development, yes, uh, over the weekend was talking about how we have to urgently develop into all AI software something called a kill switch. I'm sure you're aware of this, Mitu. Something which literally overrides everything at the point that you can sort of, you know, you've got to be able to have the capacity to hit a kill switch on the way in which it develops. Because, I mean, you know, if, if rumors are true and you look at these debates and these AI kind of, you know, conferences and what have you, they were talking six months ago about the idea that we have six months to get on top of this. You know, I mean, Musk was saying, we've got six to nine months to get on top of this shit before it begins to potentially spiral out of control. But something called a kill switch is something that's absolutely needed. And this, this is just, this is just, just, just horrendous. I mean, to the mental health of kids, this is just, just horrendous. small Spanish town. I don't mm. know why. I just thought, I, don't, I, I just found it... You, and every person that spoke, every mother, you could just feel the trauma mm. of this whole town mm. over this. Mm. I think they're going to come down like a ton of bricks on it. Now. Absolutely. Um, okay, so staggered age of consent. I just wanted to raise this. This was an, an article. Uh, I think this was a further interview or further detailed chat or interview with the woman who was who was the 16-year-old who had a, uh, uh, a relationship with, in inverted commas, um, relationship with well, Russell Brand. Um, we touched on this the other day, yeah. this idea of... Um, but this was just something I hadn't yeah. quite thought about because we did touch upon the idea of, mm -hmm. you know, whether the age of consent should be shifted or changed. A lot of you had some very strong opinions. I'd be keen to know what you, you guys think of this now. Um, she was just talking about the idea of, of possibly, you know, staggering the age of consent so that people over 18 would not be allowed to have sex with 16 and 17-year-olds. Um she says, there's a reasonable argument that individuals between the ages of 16 and 18 can have relationships with people within the same age bracket. That's kind of what I was saying. You, you know, youngsters are going to want to fraternize with youngsters, aren't they? I mean, it's, everyone talks, don't they? How old were you when you first had sex, but usually with someone of your own age? You're allowed to make mistakes as a teenager. They should be with other people your own age. But she was sort of suggesting this idea, you know, could you change the law in order to protect 16 and 17 year olds or would it harm them? That was that's the question. Um, while sex involving one or more people under 16 is illegal, police use discretion to decide whether a prosecution is in the public interest. They take into account factors such as the relationship between the people. Well, the how often would the police to... look? Let's not talk about the bloody. Can you imagine yeah. the police ever? Moving mm. on that, they would not. So what do you think about this? I mean, I oh. personally think there is a strong argument for raising the <coughs> raising the age of consent, personally. And I do think there's some strength to the well, argument of having a staggered idea, idea of <clears throat> anyone over 21 shouldn't have a relationship with someone under 18. No, I, I agree. But then guys? every so often they work. We've got people here that have said this, haven't they? That there's somebody here that's been married a long time mm. with that age gap. Um, so there's always an exception of age gap. to the I think rule. age gap when you get older is, 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 is obviously less of an issue. No, but, but it's one of our followers here who yeah. has that, that kind of an age gap, 16, and I can't remember now. Let's have a look at this. Sadie C, oh, uh, as a mum of a 17-year-old girl, I have to say that, yes, raising the age of consent makes sense. They are grown in many ways, but in many ways they are still children. Well, interestingly, our eldest daughter thinks it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said it's too young. Mm. She's, tw she's 20 and she thinks 16 is too young, not ready. The age of consent lease should be changed full stop, making the age of consent a lot older. Age of consent is far too young, in my opinion. Because you're always going to go below that age as well, aren't you? Yeah. 
Uh, Ellie um, Denning. <clears throat> uh, oh, where have we gone? Ellie Denning. Let me just show this. I was 15, but the boy was 15 as well. I can imagine if the young person was over 18, then my parents wouldn't have been oh, too okay about it at all. Because if it was 18 and there's two 16-year-olds that like each other and they're going to find a way, there's not going to be That's any problem with that, is there? But mm. the law is saying there is something morally corrupt. Mm. Like, you know, to go back to Russell Brand and him, and, you know, and, you know, the the alleged victim had said that he said, how old are you? I actually don't care how old you are. I just want to make sure it's legal. That says a lot. That, oh, wow. that for a lot of people, it's just like, well, the law says it's okay, so therefore it is okay. Why? Well, the law should say it's not okay. Yeah. But and and should also. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. You're leaving out shop. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to say, Alice and Barbara, why is age of consent sixteen, but age to marry is eighteen? Good question. Also, the other thing is because you're not ready here, are you, for marriage? But if you're not ready for marriage, you're not ready for sex. Well, precisely, exactly. Um, what was I going to say? And also, the other, the, you know, when you have something like an age of consent of sixteen, say it's. The assumption is always that every 16-year-old is of the same standard of emotional... So aren't they? Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's such a range. And I think by nudging it older, you can account Cover for... Cover for those people. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can't see exactly. a movie with sex in it until you're 18. This but is you can a, have sex. This, this so is interesting. Weird. Celeste McDonald, thank you. I've not, uh, not seen your contributions as much as this before. Uh, in Victoria, Australia, we have a staggered age of consent where those between 16 to 18 years can consent on the provision that both parties are within a two-year age gap. Wow, as clear as that. So there's, so there's precedent. There's precedent within in parts of the world. Within a two-year age wow, gap. That's wow, that's interesting. Uh, Elsa Pop, 16 think, is way too young. I think in Italy, the age is 14. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it? Wow. But but we were saying the other day on here that this the age was was decided wasn't it back in eighteen thirty well, yeah, when women when women only lived yeah. to forty and we haven't looked at it again. Oh. Weird. Okay, final story uh, before I have an end. Finally, for you. Hope it's a heartwarming. It one. is a heartwarming one. Um, uh, magpie parenting. What is magpie parenting? Has anyone heard of magpie parenting? What do magpies do? They nick jewelry. Well, don't they also go into other people? Yeah, or is it do. cuckoos? What is it that goes into well, cuckoos, a nest? Well, I think magpies do take over other people's nests too, don't they? Like cuckoos? Yeah. yeah. So are you going to play this? Or maybe they share nests. Well, okay, yeah. So I didn't know whether you wanted me to. Okay, so I'm going to play it. Maybe you explain it. There's no audio to it. So. Oh, okay. So this is who? So this is Mama Mother Pucker. Um, and I think quite a few of you follow her. So she says, so this is co-parenting. It's been quite a week to finish with uh, a birthday, but it was a very happy one. Since separating, Matt and I decided to magpie parent or nest parent, which is a setup where the kids stay in the family home and the parents live outside, crossing over for us every Sunday with a big lunch. We've definitely had looks of slight confusion when we explain our situation, but it's working really well so far. Time will tell. But here we are, and everyone is somehow smiling. And this is the husband's <clears throat> feed as well. And then the husband talks about it as well. So they've got, a, they've got I presume it's a flat, mm. and they cross over. And that way the children... You mean a flat are, away from the family yeah, home, yeah. And that way the children are always in their own home and they see their parents very nicely crossing over, having lunch together. And I said to Mark, wow, my God, this is so amazing. Why doesn't everybody do this? And, it, and as Mother Pucker says at the end, she's, she's, she's brilliant. She's got mm. her own radio show and stuff. Follow her. She's fantastic. She's so far. Because, of course, 
when I said to you, oh, my God, this is brilliant. Why doesn't everybody do this? She said, well, it's okay as long as there's no well, it presupposes, big emotions going yeah, on. Yeah, as long, as long as you're – oh, I'm going to run out of charge. As long as you're not coming at it – can you feel for me? Sorry. Yeah. As long as you're not coming – so Mark said, well, that's, that's fine as long as you're not coming at it with any big emotions, you know, and upset and – one person hating the other, the other, and one. I said, but isn't that the point? Isn't that the point of trying to do it this way? Because what you're doing right from the beginning is parking any of your feelings simply for the kids. Now I know it sounds it, it it's incredibly difficult, but surely it's a good start point to go. Do you know what? For those, and I think a Sunday lunch is quite a lot, you know, but maybe just like a cup of tea as you cross over. I think surely if you just force yourself to do that, you are doing it who for altruistically for your children. Well, I mean, yes, sorry. I I mean, absolutely. It's a goal. It's an ambition. It's an ideal. It's what we would all look back and wish and think we could do. And I think it's absolutely, uh, you know, laudable that they that, that they can do it. I mean, I, I don't, I, you know, just knowing how relationships work. I mean, you know, they just they they just must be very, I don't know, lucky or they maybe they, they, they both grow apart at the yeah. same time. And there's no real. Anger. I think it really depends on on not just the trauma, but the balance <clears throat> not of power because that sounds too strong a word, but the balance of hurt or the balance of willingness to for the relationship to move on. It also depends on the nature of how the relationship buckled. You know, in in what ways did it did it fall apart? Um, I'm, but I'm, and again, I suppose it depends on you also having more than one property. But I mean. It's in, well, anyone that's going to split up, there's going to be somebody that some lives point. somewhere else. Yeah, but they? you're not going to be living in the same place together, are you? You've both got a different. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't suppose they're both work? using the same flat, are they? That when they're away. I mean, I think it's. A, I think it's a great. I mean, I'm. I'm full of admiration for these guys. I can't believe they. You know, it's brilliant. But I sure as hell know that wouldn't have worked way back in the day. Okay, but but what about what about the. But I, I think having why more li- didn't it? Why didn't it work? Because you were like it or not, you were both unable and weren't counselled. Maybe that's mm. the thing. You were very young to be able to go. We park everything to one side. Look, without getting into the details, one one was very keen to do that. Mm. But when you're met with resistance, you you hit a wall, and then when you hit a wall. Um, all of this kind of nice stuff can kind of fly out of the window very quickly. And then suddenly mm. you're in a situation where you're having to scramble for or scrabble for your basic rights. And I suppose the thing is as well, it's like, okay, so if you take out that you're going to move out of your home, right, you take that and we just go to mm. what is the absolute base level that everyone should strive for? I think striving for it is with, the right. Is, is, is that you can just park your feelings for that handing over of children Mm. that you shut your mouth no matter what you think of that other person Mm. because there is this little person looking up like this around it all totally agree and you know that conversation just just it just needs to go on and on and and i and i think that when i think if only there could be more mediation given Mm. Because down the line, it would save money. 
because people wouldn't get so broken. Mm. I think mediation is, you know, is 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 what more couples need, isn't it? Mm. To how okay, I want to put all these feelings to one side, but how do I? This know? is interesting. Can I just read what Laura Lou says? I don't think this would be an enjoyable setup for the kids. Almost like a big lie that nobody discusses. Interesting. That's interesting. But why would it be a big lie? Because if you say, listen, we don't love each other anymore in the way that you need to, to live together, but we really like each other Mm. and we like spending time, we like you to be safe and in your Mm. own home, then I don't see where the lie is. The lie would be more, I think, if you stay together pretending that everything's fine and that, having simmering arguments on, you know. That I agree with. <laughs> that I agree with. I mean, I, again, Anne-Marie Lucker, too many emotions to navigate during breakups. Not always that easy, guys. In oh, God, no, we're world. not saying it's easy. No, no, no. And absolutely in a perfect world, yes. Uh, in principle, says Kitty Graysbrook, in principle, sounds fine, but it assumes that the separation divorce was smooth. Often not the case. If I was one of the kids, I'd be confused. Couldn't stay there together. Um Mm. Mm. It's interesting. I mean, I do think almost whatever right. choice you made, hang on, yeah. whatever choice you make as a sort of split up parents of children, there's always going to be an element of the parents taking the kids with them down whatever mm. journey they go. So I think you can always look at this and say, again, it goes back to that thing that I'm always banging on about, which is why is it that whenever we all make one choice, either in life or in something, mm. there's always someone saying, why didn't you do the other choice? Because mm. there's always other choices you haven't made. So it does strike me that here you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, it's like whatever choice you make. you're not going to avoid hurt. Yeah. You're not going to avoid hurt. the kids with you emotionally so, anyway. Yeah, so even if you do this magpie nesting and it's all, you know, it all goes absolutely smoothly and brilliantly, you've still got children that ultimately want their parents to be in the same house together, don't you? Always. Exactly. And it, even, could, it could even... There's an argument, if I'm thinking about it, it could even lead to more trauma for the kids because they never quite get the thing that they think could be teased every time they're all in the house together or they get to the house together. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It might be that hard as it is for some children, they need the clarity of the dividing line. So there isn't that hope. I mean, I, I don't want to go into the details of I it, but I will never forget a very nice. emotional moment where, you know, after many years, there was a moment walking down the a tube and my eldest was holding my hand and was holding her mum's hand. We'd, we'd separated way, way before that. And she looked up at both of us and she said, wow, right now we're all together because I'm holding both of your hands. And, you know, so mm, hard. It can, mm. be, can be really hard. Mm. But I just love any sort of new ideas and possibilities that come up and it's worth mm. talking about. But like you said, the complications of emotions and one person could be a right bastard and the other person mm. could be absolutely lovely. But I, I, think, I think the base level is that everyone needs to get to is decent enough to just maybe have a quick cup of tea or a nice chat on the doorstep. And then to not bring in your adult feelings into their world where you talk to them about the other adult. From my experience, I think it's about making the transitional points nicer. Yes. I think that if all the focus could be put on not creating such a doorstep moment or not taking your child to the opposite end of the country so that half your access is actually driving and being sick in a car. You know, thinking about those elements rather than and, and removing ego and not not being difficult about meeting half the journeying or some of the travel time and, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. I think that area would be as meaningful as this. So, oh, so yeah. Anne-Marie, how lovely. I'm feeling this chat today. So much love to everyone. Oh, bless. And love back to you. So who would like a really nice end finally? 
Do you want to sign finally? Before that, guys, if you're new to the channel, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell because we do so many different kinds of content on here. And the notification bell will simply mean you'll be notified when we upload stuff. Hmm. Uh, winging it, mummy, just quickly. Good point. Why do we think that the best parenting is two people together as a family together? Why not just do what makes everyone the happiest Then the children will reap this? Very good point. Okay. Exactly. So this is my end finally. So let's have a read of this. So it starts with this. Three weeks ago, I saw this bumblebee walking along a country road and it started to follow me. Let's go, oh on, this, let's go on this journey. Hang on. She was obviously searching for flowers and seemed very hungry. I'm reading it out for those of you listening. And we're seeing a little bee, a big bee. So I picked a flower and placed it in front of her. Oh, the bee was on, on the trainer before that. <laughs> That's when I realised that she only had one intact wing and couldn't fly anymore. Oh, oh, what next? We decided to take care of her. We gave her sugar, water and took her in. Then we created a little shelter for her. Oh, my God. And now she's like... She's been living with us for three weeks. Oh, my God. just feeling God. really well. Oh, my God. Will she grow another wing? Every day we pick fresh flowers for oh, her. Look. look, she's drunk on pollen. Wow. We also built her a small cave where she often relaxes. This look is this. so beautiful. She's, she's become a cherished part of our days. Well, Mark, you have surpassed yourself on an and finally you have warmed our hearts. And you know what I this made you. me want to do? Go go and find a bee. It's made me want to sing. Oh. Each little flower opens, each little bird that sings. <laughs> what do I say? But I the say Lord that I'm welcome. Do you remember that song? <laughs> I love that song from Moana. You're welcome. You're da, welcome. Da, 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 watch da, Moana again, guys. We watched da, it. On, da, 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 we watched it yesterday, welcome. and there's so many lovely, uplifting songs in it. It's such a. Good if you've film. never watched Moana, watch it. It's a gorgeous Disney film. Okay. And then we watched the first Jumanji, and we oh. laughed so much. Kevin it's Hart. so good. Kevin Hart is so funny in that. Okay, guys, we're going to go, and we're going to go through the medium of waving. Are you ready? So 